Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Theory of Enchantment podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Valdery. On this episode, I have the good fortune of interviewing one of my best friends, Sarah Birch. She is awesome. She is someone who is an epic motorcyclist. And in this episode, we talk about what it's like living in New York in your 20s, sort of rediscovering ourselves as new, newly made adults, um, some of the things that Generation Z, some of the challenges that Generation Z is encountering, and some ideas that we have for overcoming those challenges, and in general, how we ourselves can overcome the challenges we face as millennials, uh, making our way throughout the world, uh, encountering new things that other societies in the past haven't encountered before, and making our own way um, as we move forward. So I think you'd appreciate this uh, interview, especially if you're a millennial. <laughs> There's also a funny snafu in the middle of the interview because we actually had to change locations at some point, so that's a bit funny. Um, but overall, it was a really great time talking to Sarah, and I hope you have a listen and enjoy. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Sarah is one of my best friends, Aww. Sarah Birch. <laughs> Birch. With a U, not an I. I mean. Also, Sarah spelled with an H at the end. Yes. Not like how I spell it. She literally has me in her phone because it's without the, an H. Because it's unique. You've known me for like It's like a good joke. Years. It's like an inside joke. It's okay. You're Chloe with no last name <laughs> and the E on Chloe is capitalized. Amazing. I don't know why. It's probably because it's Chloe. supposed to be an accent. Oh, you just maybe. didn't feel like putting it in. No, I just did a really big one. <laughs> I'm like, pronounce it. Oh my goodness. No, it's so amazing. Sarah and I have been best friends for how long? Two um, years now? Almost, I think oh, just over two years. Just over two years. Well, I've only been in New York for like two and a half-ish. Yeah. So, so And like I met you met, like right when I got here. We met like six months in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So we're about two years. Yeah. And we've just had so many adventures, I feel mm-hmm. like discovering ourselves in the great new york city that's a great way to put that yeah that's kind of what we do here that's what we do man see this is what i was talking about earlier things just come back around is this the conversation i was having this conversation (sighs) with a friend literally yesterday over the best french food i've ever eaten ever in my life for those of for those listening tell us what restaurant um that's the thing i can't remember it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like coquette or something or cocotte i don't know it's on thompson street and it is delicious and it's just the cutest little place and i definitely spent some serious dollars on this (laughs) dinner but we had appetizers and entrees and desserts and there's this like french toast dessert that just blew your mind and i had a pheasant i've never eaten pheasant before i have never had crazy either i've heard of people having pheasant like i've heard of it like being a thing scottish bird Really? It's from Scotland? I think so. <laughs> I didn't know that. But it's what like does it a taste French like? restaurant. <laughs> what does it taste like? Um, I mean, it tastes like bird, you know. <laughs> so it tastes like chicken <laughs> is what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Everything tastes like chicken. Yeah. Alligator tastes like chicken. Alligator is actually really good. I've heard alligator is good. You should. But uh, yeah, so I was sitting at dinner with my friend Kelsey, who you know. I do. Um, yeah. Shout out to Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kels. <laughs> uh, but we were sitting there and we were talking about like what it's like to spend our you know mid to late 20s in new york after Mm. we've lived somewhere else and we get to come here and the way i was describing it was kind of like um like an adult neverland Ooh, yeah more yeah i mean 
So to me, New York is this place where either you grew up here and you are just in some surreal bubble that you don't even recognize, or you come to live to New York after you've lived somewhere else, and it kind of puts your growth on halt in terms of mm. you know what a typical adult would do in their like twenties and thirties. So. Uh, getting in a relationship, getting married, oh, having yeah. kids, whatever. Yeah. I see that most people uh, tend to come and kind of put a pause on that part of their growth in life. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not a pause. Maybe it's more just today's modern way of like pushing kids out until maybe you're like 40 or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I find that most when you can no longer have them. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, hey, my clock was up like three years yeah. ago. Let's give this a try. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> seriously. But uh, people just kind of come in between the ages of like 22 and 35. They're just like yeah. living in this Neverland for adults, and it's a giant playground where we all are single oh, that's a, that's and have expendable part. income yeah. and can do whatever we want outside yeah. of like our typical job, which already drives us insane. Right. So it's like a playground. Yeah. Okay. Do you think this exists in other sort of like coast cities, like LA or like? I'm sure it does. I don't think it's exclusive to New York. I think it's more exclusive to that age group living in a city-like and or fast-paced culture. Yeah. So, like, if you live out in the country, you're probably not thinking that way. Yeah. Granted, I've never lived out there, so I don't want to No, but I think you're right. I think that that guess is probably correct. Yeah. Do you think that it's healthy that we... Or it might depend on the person, but do you think that it's healthy that we sort of pause and extend or we, we like wait until we pursue those things that you mentioned um, or unhealthy? Or maybe that's like, it depends on the person, perhaps. I don't think it's unhealthy. I think that we are given the opportunity to choose for ourselves. Mm. And if you choose not to do what is considered like a typical path yeah or you decide to do it at a later date that's totally up to you yeah um and like this is something i think about all the time yeah is that um a decision i make is gonna change the way that my life happens yeah kind of like uh, you know when they say like oh you can walk down a road and you can turn left or you can turn right and it's going to be a different journey like you can yeah. never go back yeah. and take that right turn so making any decision while you can calculate it to be your best one it, it's the only decision anyway. you're ever really yeah, yeah, going to yeah. make so you kind of just go with it and yeah. as of right now I like living in this adult playground yeah. Neverland jungle whatever because I get to have fun with it right. I get to put certain things on hold because i'm just like not ready to do them or deal yeah. with them or whatever which that aspect may be a little <laughs> unhealthy <laughs> for me personally yeah um oh hold on please pause for a station identification <laughs> i think we were talking about the um adult neverland and like what just happened it yeah. was a bit of a neverland like that in and of itself sort of a neverland experience where you're just playing almost yeah kind i of. like i like having that attitude because it's not like it's not like you're doing something wrong it's just you're playing and you you you're like flitting from place to place and you're experiencing different things and you're like adjusting to what happens in that experience and it's fine and if you keep that in mind 
you stave off anxiety. <laughs> yeah, anxiety right? is something that's definitely been a, a large subject in, I mean, my life, my friend's life, other yeah. people's life. Anxiety is kind of hard to deal with. I think our generation is plagued more with it than our parents' generation. Can you elaborate? Yeah, I think I've been talking about this to a lot of people recently and reading a lot about about it. There was an article in BuzzFeed recently about how millennials are getting burned out from doing basic mundane tasks. <laughs> like taking something to the post office. That burns us out? Yeah, because we have this... That's sad. It is sad. All you have to do is take it to a place where someone else will handle the shipping for you. <laughs> yeah, but the... So the idea in this article is that, like, because we have this idealized vision in our heads that has been um cultivated by our sense of immediacy which comes from social media and things like uber and whatever we want everything to be done 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 fast 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 immediate and once we are once we confront things that take time we like it induces anxiety for some reason you know that's actually pretty (laughs) isn't that accurate i have so many like little stupid to do things at home that i just haven't done because i know that they're time consuming yeah. and they're going to bother me yeah and I, they're they're nothing that's difficult like one of them <laughs> is i have this pile of mail which 90 percent of it is basically garbage <laughs> and i just haven't gone through it because yeah. i don't want to sit there and, and deal with it. it yeah yeah yeah. where do you think that comes from like that anxiety comes from besides well, like what we just said from a personal perspective i think that that part comes from me just not really liking to do basic tasks okay which i mean is kind of on point with what you're saying and it's not that it gives me anxiety it's just like it's another little thing to do and because it's something that's not really pressing and i get most of my serious notifications via email or like a something on my phone anyway it's like i know i'm gonna go through the mail and it's all gonna be trash except for maybe like two important things like a christmas letter from grandma right it's interesting because when I read that piece, I was like, oh, this is true. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is true. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I this had, is all things that I do. And I had this important letter to send out to, like, like the Louisiana DMV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is absolutely insane. Of course I'm going to do this. And of course I'm not going to have anxiety from sending out a letter to, you know, something that needs to get sent or someone, someone that needs to receive the letter. And it, it was sort of almost like a wake-up call reading that article because, like, it was this person presenting a problem that she had to deal with and i was just like no disrespect to the writer but i don't want to be this person <laughs> yeah i mean you know? i feel like you and i can do these things and be totally fine <laughs> it's just there's so many other more fun or pressing or yeah. cool or engaging activities that we could be doing like you know watching the great british bake show <laughs> well well this is interesting because because i was thinking about this question and um what i discovered was because because d- doing these mundane tasks is not attached to like like a big reward or like a feeling of ecstasy or dopamine rush whatever oh no it's like it's like oh my god i have i'm having anxiety now but it's like if we were able to actually find the joy in doing the mundane tasks then they would bring us all of those other things that we look for in immediate gratification or from immediate gratification yeah like the only mundane task that i truly enjoy doing and i get that instant reward from is cleaning my apartment oh okay i don't like it and i'll let it like build up until it's horrible which (laughs) any of my friends who know me know that it will uh they know what i'm talking about um but i'll like let like 
my mess build up until I can just clear it all at once in some big sweep. And then I'll get so into cleaning that I'll clean another room and another room and another room until yeah. my entire apartment is clean. And I've just spent six hours doing it because I've now spent serious time and I have serious results versus just like, you know, slowly cleaning as I go. Right, right, right. That's I wonder how all these like habits of our generation or maybe it's not just us maybe it's other people um older or younger or whatever how it will like affect us they do yeah and that's after us yeah okay because i can't keep up with all these letters (laughs) because they were raised completely in digital oh so yeah and so they cannot function outside of the digital space i it's a different disagree reality. with that i don't think it's that they can't function i just they, think that they, they don't <laughs> need to and they've never had to so like if you stuck my dad out in the woods and was like okay you know <laughs> build figure something. it out build it whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. he could do it but that's because he like grew up doing in the woods like that. <laughs> and if you put me out there you know i'd pretty much know what to do but i'm probably gonna starve right. and then if you stuck someone else who was younger than us out there yeah. one they're too young to be left in the woods so parents don't do that yeah um but two they've never really had to right or maybe we're speaking from a point of like we grew up in a place where we didn't have to so like other people yeah but that's a problem because may. there have been studies that show that with generation z in general there's in there's increased anxiety because they just don't know how to do stuff <laughs> <laughs> and also like among among young teens specifically among young female teens there's like increased suicide rates really Be- yeah because there's like a huge a hu- like more depression and more anxiety um do you think it's increased or that we have better ways of keeping track of those numbers it's increased like they have they have compared it to like when our generation was in high school mm-hmm. versus the current generation when when generation z is in high school now like the comparison of suicide rates then was was way lower also suicide is a lot more in their face than it was when we were kids like we like i knew one um I knew one kid in high school and um, we weren't really friends at the time that he passed away, mm-hmm. um, mostly because he tried to run me over with his car. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. As a joke, but like he took it too far. <laughs> sounds about right. Um, but at heart, he was like a really, really sweet kid and yeah. he had a lot of a lot of friends who really cared about him. So when he died, he was the first one I knew to ever commit suicide mm-hmm. and um, it was just like, I was blown away. Like I knew people committed suicide, but... It was just so in our face. And yeah. nowadays you can just go online and you can yeah. see it. And there's videos. Yeah. There's videos also, of there's people like, doing this. There's like social commentary about it, right? So like 13 Reasons Why that show was about yes. like societal pressures. And, and, and especially because of social media. So what's happening is that you, you have young teens who are on Instagram all day and on Snapchat all day looking at non-real or like unrealistic images um, tr- and they're trying to live up to that image, which is fake anyway. And they can't live up to the image because it's fake anyway. And then that puts external pressure on them, where they don't, where they, and then their self-esteem plunges, and all of these compounding factors exist. And then often, not often, but sometimes, unfortunately, it leads to like the feeling that you need to off yourself. And so yeah. it's like I don't know the extent to which these factors compound and how this dovetails with our earlier conversation about like not being able to do basic mundane tasks because we have this like we have this anxiety about doing mundane tasks because we need immediacy um and i'm interested in in this entire context how if at all this dovetails with 
your interest in in uh motorcycles oh. <laughs> because like i feel like motorcycling is a is a type of sport that takes patience and that takes um focus yeah. and patience <laughs> yeah so a little background into it um i've been riding officially like on my own for less than a year um and i'm completely and totally obsessed with it (laughs) so tell us why tell us why you're obsessed with it so i wanted to start riding in high school like my dad always had a motorcycle my mom kind of rides but not really she rides i think for my dad Mm -hmm. more than anything else um but she looks like a total badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my dad's always had a motorcycle and I thought they were really cool. And like, you know, it looks cool when yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. on a motorcycle and they like pass by you and you're like, yeah, I'm <laughs> um, yeah. And I got my permit a couple times, like in high school and college. And I just never made that final step to get a license because I never had anyone to teach me. Like mm. I asked my parents and my mom said, you know, as long as you're living under our roof, that's not going to happen because yeah. I'm not going to contribute to you. <laughs> yourself basically which is funny you bring that up um and then in a different sort of way yeah yeah and then post-college I one of my first best friends here he rides and I used to beg him for rides and it got to the point where I was just being annoying Mm -hmm. he was like you know what just go get your own and I was like fine I will and I did (laughs) and then so I got my license I got my motorcycle I got my insurance all in the same weekend and I decided that in order you know keep some costs down because it's a very expensive hobby I was going to do my own work so I like bought a ton of tools without really knowing what tools I needed um by the way, if you have a <laughs> Japanese bike, there are special Japanese <laughs> screwdrivers. Get those. Otherwise, you will strip all of your screws. Um, and it was fun. And, like, I really liked getting comfortable with the bike yeah. and getting to know my bike. Like, I call yeah, her yeah, Susie. Yeah. And a friend named her because it's a Suzuki. Like, it wasn't that far oh, of a nice. stretch. <laughs> so it's just me and Suze. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a leap. But, like, I got to know her as a machine. And then, um, like while riding her and then I got to know her as like my own little mechanic and granted I never did anything perfect when I was doing stuff and I had help from the garage I go to along the way but I found more joy in taking it apart and learning to put it back together than I did actually riding it which and mm. riding it I, I absolutely love like I've never been happier than just by myself on a bike going up a windy road like yeah. i don't know how to explain what, what it. is that feeling what is the feeling that it gives you to do that um when i ride it i feel like i am the most in control of the most power i've ever had okay and then when i'm fixing it i feel like i'm learning something that maybe most other people don't really know mm-hmm. and then so being able to do that and then feel accomplished by watching it get put back together and then turning on is a crazy cool feeling like you caught me in the parking lot one time yeah. and that was when I had to clean out my carburetor because I thought that was the issue which by the way it was not <laughs> <laughs> and I cleaned it out and i put it all back together and I I like jumped up and down I was so excited that I just spent like seven hours doing something that should take maybe two yeah. <laughs> and but that process sounds like it was very um it was super frustrating it oh, was, <laughs> that's not what I was thinking okay yeah yeah <laughs> so it, that's the thing like it's it's very frustrating and it gives me crazy like 
problems and I don't have patience at all. But this is like helping me learn it a little bit. Do you think it like cultivates patience? Like it, it makes you almost like patience? Um, no. <laughs> I hate patience. <laughs> I don't like being patient. I like getting instant things. Right. But I think having something that can teach you patience right. is definitely in the right direction definitely like, like i'm not good at it yeah, like yeah. i i love making pottery with my um my mom and i quit it because i wasn't patient enough to learn this like the initial skills that i needed to yeah and i think it's the basics and the foundations that help you deal with anxiety on like bigger projects right. and because we look at things like i look at um i look at instagram profiles of girls who have like 60,000 followers and they can like build their own machine and I'm like oh my god I want to be that yeah. but that took years yeah, like that didn't time. just happen yeah. but we don't see the process right. so there's this one girl that I follow um sorry no girl woman I don't know <laughs> but uh, there's this one lady that I follow on Instagram her name's like Brittany Wynn or something I think mm -hmm. it's like W-I-N-N mm -hmm. and um she was really cool because she had a lot of photos of her learning um how to like do stuff on her bike and then her instagram got wiped and now it's all just photos of her looking pretty next to her, her bike and you know that was kind of a disappointment yeah and there's this other girl i follow i think her name is martinez and she has the best one because she's learning these tricks um as she goes along and she's like posting videos of her failing and she's nice. posting videos of her like finally getting up and then coming back down and then like like her excitement over these things and i was like yes girl yeah you were learning so she's capturing I'm, the process yeah she's capturing the process yeah. and that's why i really liked hers and so like watching her learn it and do it you know helps me want to you know learn and do these tricks as well which yeah. everyone thinks i'm crazy but it, it's almost as if like if you put out content that actually gives you permission gives the gives the audience the permission to be vulnerable yeah, and that will give them the confidence to actually allow themselves to be vulnerable, as opposed to these snapshots where everything is perfect and pretty and yeah. And but not everyone know. shows perfect and pretty all the time. There's lots of people who show their progress. Yeah. The problem is there's so many different people out there we can look up to or follow or be interested in or learn from that we don't follow all of their progress from start to finish because that would be insane. Right. <laughs> right. But also, is there a finish? Like, is there ever a finish in terms well, of Well, no. There's progress. never a finish unless you die. Right, and then right. for some people, there isn't a finish after that. Right, which, right. you know, that's your thing. But, like, like my favorite uh, my favorite music artist, his mm -hmm. name is Watsky, George mm -hmm. Watsky. He's um, mostly been out in, like, San Francisco, and I've been listening to him since, uh, like, 2007-ish, I think. Like, yeah. er, like, right at the beginning of high school, this video came out where it was called Pale Kid Raps Fast, and <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, this dorky-looking kid who was rapping to the beat of another artist's song, but he made this, like, hilarious rap over it, and in the middle he burped, and it was, like, <laughs> cracking up, and he's like talking about his gay baby i don't know it was super funny um and then i found uh that he had like released an actual song and then kept following him so from watching him do this video to him having like multiple albums out he's yeah. been on numerous tours so you he's made his whole like his whole thing journey he's made multiple posts about how he's considered awesome. quitting music and how he's like found his love of music again and you know what his fans mean to him and what he's learned and then he makes music he's only a couple years older than i am but he makes music about 
his experience in his life and then you know he spends the next couple years writing about it and then produces it and puts it out by the time he puts it out because he's a few years older than me the majority of it aligns with me in my life so I've essentially grown up with this theoretical big brother that I've never had Mm. who can like tell me about life and like crazy things and he's got this one song that I was totally obsessed with um and it's not exactly the most appropriate to talk about but um me and an ex were going through kind of a difficult time because uh we just like couldn't have sex basically Uh um for reasons that were outside of our control uh due to health issues Mm -hmm. and there was this one song that he put out at that exact time we were dealing with this problem about like not being able to like get it up or whatever (laughs) and this song just became kind of like this anthem of like how much we want each other but physically couldn't do it yeah and it was like it just meant so much to me and like i cannot describe how he continues to make me feel this way so like i've watched him grow and he's helped me grow but that's because i've been there for the last like 10 plus years of this guy's journey well that's because you also took the time to follow him for like you didn't yeah i was mildly obsessed (laughs) there's no point at which you were like oh i'm impatient about like following your journey like i just want you to get this over with like you were right like i want him to keep going right you were you were like invested in his in seeing him grow essentially yeah uh and which yeah which is which is totally a process but if you don't have that outlet that people can follow and watch your growth like how do most people feel accomplished with their growth but like this is crazy because it's not like like instagram is on this grand scale of the human species existence instagram is very new oh it's right and so totally and new. so for for in other words for most of human life people have not watched each other's growth the right. way they do on instagram and so what's and different still, between then and now that like we need that like we crave that well, i think i think it's i think it's a concept of creating demand where it did not previously exist and i actually think this is dangerous it can oh be, i totally agree it can be dangerous it's not like it, it's almost like it's it being on instagram sort of if you if you don't put it in its proper context and you obsess over it is sort of having a like or whatever sets off something in your brain like it sets off a dopamine rush and then you become addicted to likes and then you think that likes are what actually matters and then you think that you need to obsess over getting likes and then you have to create the perfect image and because the perfect image is going to get likes and then you sort of create this feedback loop where you're valuing things that actually don't matter and then that gives you anxiety because deep down your existence knows that these things don't matter and you think they're supposed to bring you happiness but they don't bring you happiness and you keep chasing the happiness but the happiness is elusive because you don't know the happiness is actually in the process you just described like three different <laughs> profiles i opened and closed in the last year because <laughs> of that exact thing and that's the problem it's like so I've been studying stoicism lately. Like I have a book by Ryan Holiday, and the name I'm going to mess can you up. define stoicism in case someone yeah, doesn't so know? Stoicism is like an ancient Greek uh, s- s- philosophy that was um, sort of promoted by many different Greek emperors and, and and statesmen or whatever, including Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and others, uh, various others. And it's basically uh, taken from their diaries. Um, and it entails how they sort of try to keep calm. <laughs> Remember that meme, keep calm and move on? Yes. That's the thing. Like, it's on coffee mugs and t-shirts. <laughs> yes. And people put it out as like. Just just to try to keep calm as they. We have to be told to keep calm. Well, 
but this is the thing we've we've had to be told this since since antiquity right that's not new like they had to teach themselves how to keep calm and they did it by constantly reminding themselves that they have the power to choose right they have the power to choose in any moment how they will react to any situation and that's the only control that they have in life they don't have control over external factors they don't have control over if this person is going to be mean to them or obnoxious or whatever or if this ruler is going to try to you know go behind their back they can only control how they will react to a situation and by training themselves to do that they were able to put things into into perspective and um and remember what's actually important in life I was just telling someone that I think that when our generation, like I'm learning to not to be less anxious about things because I'm realizing that being anxious about certain things is literally a waste of time. Like instead of being in this space and in this moment worrying about things, I could just do the damn thing and move on <laughs> and whatever happens, happens. But like if I'm sitting here mulling over what's going to happen. But like, how long did it take you to like have that realization oh it's a process yeah like it's definitely a process but even then it's a process and how do you teach this to kids like how do you teach them that like hey you are growing up in this world where yeah you are going to have things that you know people before you didn't have and that includes this like extra level of attention to whatever it is you are doing at all times yeah and what you do now is going to affect you you know 20 years from now but how do you tell them that like hey you're gonna you're gonna come to something you're gonna deal with it yeah just like you know breathe relax yeah consider it this speaks to what we spoke about earlier with the problem with one of the one of the things that contributes to increased suicides again among teenagers is they are put in an environment with social with regard to social media but remember in your teenage years you're trying to learn how to cope with your emotions and when you're a teenager your emotions are like raging and right. insane and like anyway like as any teenager whether you're talking about 1995 or or 2019 that is the time in your life where you have to deal with your emotions right and the problem is that social media is stunting their growth they're not being allowed to actually learn how to cope with their emotions and that that basically messes them up so if i had my way i would i would first of all like i would only allow for a certain time where where you could be on your phone in schools at least if i was an administrator like but see that doesn't remove the problem it just removes the amount of time spent dealing with that issue well but i think that is the problem like i think that screen time in terms of like teenagers being on their phone 14 hours a a day is a problem right and i think that by creating an environment where you make it okay to not be on your phone like it's okay to not be on your phone like you don't have to be on your phone 24 7 right it's okay i think that that's one step but i also think like teaching stoicism like i i read about a school in chicago or like not just teaching stoicism but teaching meditation for example i read about a school in chicago that replaced detention with meditation and during that time like they were teaching the boys in particular how to breathe through their emotions and how to learn how to be able to make the choice that just because you're feeling this way doesn't mean you have to act on that feeling right so i think that there are different steps that you can incorporate into a curriculum or into the way a school is run um, that reinforce these values um, in a school so that's what i would do if i was an administrator that's also like a few relatively new concepts to this day and age on like how to deal with stress is to do yoga and meditation because like growing up in high school what is yoga (laughs) i seriously did not know i didn't either like i don't think yoga was a thing when when we were in school i mean it's or it's definitely been a thing it's been a thing for like 
No, no, no. But like in our zeitgeist, years. I mean, in our it, culture, it wasn't like. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't something in our culture, and yeah. for the same reason that like cooking classes weren't in our culture, like they were in the one before that, and right. how yoga it's, was in our culture, but funny, isn't the one after that. It's funny how like things come back around. Oh, that's what I've been thinking this entire conversation. Yes. Is that nothing we are saying is new. Like, we have not said a single new new idea, a new feeling, a new creation. Like, everything has been discussed repeatedly and repeatedly. It's like one generation is observing the one before them and the one after them and then doing a compare and contrast. Like, oh, what's not our fault? What is our fault? What's the problems that are going to come before? Like, what are the problems that are still happening now? And, like people have had this exact conversation you know two three generations ago about the previous generation and then their right. generation so and it's almost as if humans in every generation have to learn the same thing and what's that quote that they say about history re- repeats itself or is that it is that the i quote? think that was just that it. was it <laughs> <laughs> you know i never know i have a bad memory all right so they say that like history repeats itself and it and it does on a grand scale i think it also does on like a very very minute scale as well yeah. and That's even true. just like with yourself like yeah. things that you do repeatedly because it just like happens that way yeah. which i think they say is also the definition of insanity or or unless you're doing the right thing right then it's like then it's like but how do you know i think you i think your intuition like will tell you whether or not it's right or not that's fair i, I mean you can feel good or bad about something and yeah like in your gut you know how you, you know what I realized? Someone was telling me about this the other day. But that gut feeling is just like a tiny moral voice in the back no, of your head. No, but it's not. It's an actual physical thing. Like your gut is like an actual physical Like you physically thing. can feel and bad in your in your gut. And this is what I was thinking about. Like we say like use your gut feeling, but we don't realize that no, it's actually a thing. Like it's actually a muscle, just like the brain is like a, a physical organ. But, like your gut can is... still be wrong. I've had a gut feeling sure. about things and been totally off base that's true it's just it makes you uncomfortable to the point that you feel like queasy basically yeah and i still think that just because like that blt i just ate (laughs) (laughs) well this is the thing there are foods and i never connected this there are foods that are recommended that you eat in order to take care of your gut right so that your gut check is actually a real gut check and not off Right. And so like, I never stop eating all that sugar. I never connected like the physical to sort of like the spiritual manifestation or whatever. But like your gut, I forgot at least I can only speak for myself that I forgot because we say gut check, which is really like about intuition. But I forgot that a gut is a physical thing in your body. Right. And you and you can nurture it by eating healthy foods. And I think like kombucha is like one of the things that's I could be wrong about that. I just really can't Fact get check behind that. this kombucha train. <laughs> I think I'd just like I, to I, make a point against if... all things kombucha, organic, <laughs> just anything that sounds good for you. I'm like, no. I drank it for a year, actually. You um, did? Yeah. Does it have like a tiny bit of alcohol in it? Uh, I think it can. I think it has a little caffeine in it. Oh, got it. Well, I like um, caffeine. <laughs> but, so I don't know whatever i'm not an expert on this i just think it's fascinating that there are foods that can actually help your gut so when we talk about like making a gut check or having a gut feeling there are things that you can do physically that actually um help that along i don't know how we got on this conversation on this topic we can how do we get on any topic to be (laughs) honest we just continue talking oh because we talked about intuition there we go knowing like whether or not it's like real or like knowing that you but perhaps it doesn't matter whether or not you know if it's the right decision, like it's the decision you're gonna make, so make the decision, right? This goes back to like not mulling over. Yeah, it's like over. just take the left the or the right, and then right. be okay with the left or the right. right, and then assess and adjust. 
And you could feel regret about certain decisions, but, like, only to a certain extent, because if you think about it enough, you're just fantasizing about the what if. What but, like, if, but it will never what be, if so I had like, taken that right turn instead of the left yeah. turn? Well, that right turn could have led you directly off a cliff, and you could have fallen down forever into a black hole. Right. Or, or it could have been the best thing that ever awesome. happened to you. It could have been awesome, but who cares? You're wasting time. By yes, thinking about something that can never exist or happen or reoccur ever again. But it's interesting, because... We're talking about, like, imagination and going through hypotheticals, right? Which, Which is, we're supposed to have and supposed right, to do. You're supposed to do both. It's, like, in moderation. You're supposed to, like, have that imagination because you can bring that into fruition in reality. But when you're Or use it as preparation for a future decision. Right, exactly. Not to just... Conf- but not to just, like, mull it over in perpetuity to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that thing. Like, that's not the point. So I guess it's a, it's a matter of, like, using it correctly. Yeah. You know? That was a, that was a good that was a good riff we just had. Thank I like you. that. I thought it was really fun too. I like that. Do you okay, so this is gonna be my this is gonna be my last question. Uh for the for other people for other people searching for themselves or discovering themselves in New York as we are in our mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any advice that you would give? Them? <laughs> <laughs> You're Me like giving all advice? Of it. Oh, that's like all so cute. It. Um I don't know. So I'm as you know, I am very much an extrovert yes and i am very much a person who will pretty much say yes to everything that's awesome um, I, to, I would like to develop that skill more i think you have that skill more than you do and i tell you this you're the every second person time. to tell me this i oh, have I'm been sorry. telling you this you're every the first day person to tell you. me this you're right you're right you're right you're right <laughs> i don't see you the way that you see you but you spend yeah, yeah, more yeah. time with you than i do no but i think because because you're the second person in two weeks to tell me this, I've been actually I actually thought about this this morning mm-hmm. about the introvert extrovert question because I've been telling. I don't think it's A or B. I think Sarah. it's like everything else. You know, it's on yeah. the spectrum and it's yeah. because it's like I took the Myers Briggs thing. Oh, I love that test. And it, I turned out introverted, but I have a feeling that it may be wrong. <laughs> um, it's a pretty it's a pretty accurate I know. test I know. for the most part. You can like be an introvert in your core but you still have a lot of like extrovert tendencies yeah like i do get energy from being around interesting people <laughs> yeah like if you bore like, me i'm just gonna fall asleep like i don't get energy from being around people who aren't interested in other people or who i don't know it's weird. no that makes total sense i understand that but to to answer your question i am an yeah. extrovert and i do all this stuff so my advice is probably going to be a little bit more geared towards like what I experience and what I'm willing to do. But sure. even to those who, oh, <laughs> even those who are interested in you know exploring themselves, whether that's in New York or somewhere else, all I can say is just you know be open to trying it. Like, mm. and which is just a time old cliche. You really came you back around. Really don't know yeah. if you'll like something or not Unless until you, you try it. it. Like my coworker keeps telling me to try cracked black pepper on strawberries, and Ooh. to me, Ooh. right, it just sounds like a crazy flavor. But I'm like, I, would I just try haven't it. tried it. I would definitely try that. But until I try it, like I'm really not gonna. I would totally like try that. Yeah, small scale uh, <laughs> example, but yeah. you know, you you will constantly be finding out who you are and who you yeah. are now is different from who you are the next day and the day after that and the day yeah. after that because you're learning you're developing and if you suddenly just stop learning and developing then everyone you die no else <laughs> you die you are gone um everyone else is gonna surpass you in in development of themselves because 
you gave up on exploring and learning and asking questions and like trying to discover new things and yeah then you just become stagnant yeah i think that i'm not really i think i told you this i'm not really into new year's resolutions but this year my you keep saying that but you have new year's resolutions no but this is the first year like i had actual resolutions sure and and it was talking about gut to go with your intuition mine is to learn to make new cocktails that's awesome yeah i will definitely be at your house when you decide to do that well my first one was an espresso martini it did not go so hot (laughs) so i gotta try that again but i need new ingredients um also i got a great tip from a bartender the other day nice who said that it has to be freshly made espresso so you get the right amount of foam on it i did not know that i've been using not stale espresso but like (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't fresh enough like i need an espresso machine in order to make this drink so i'm gonna have to put it on hold until i can like i love how spend some of that expendable income right i love how it has to be specific i love how there has to be deliberate attention paid to it i mean it's a recipe and if you don't follow it then it's gonna be right but it's like it's like with your motorcycling it's like a craft it's it takes craftsmanship right right which requires time and patience and development and like all the things I don't know why I'm getting a Ron Swanson vibe when I talk about this, but oh my god, my hero! <laughs> but like he really and just I want to so, grow up. To just be so Ron the audience Swanson. knows, I just binge watched Park and Rex and Parks yes. and Rex, and, and it was the first show where immediately as after I finished the last episode, immediately I started the first episode again. <laughs> um, like that's how much I loved it. But like Ron Swanson for me embodies this like character of just one that takes time to do things and is not he also like, takes a lot of time to not do things right but it's like great i love that <laughs> he he's very purposeful and everything he's he so purposeful and like i love it i love it so anyway i think that's that's awesome um and i think that your advice is spot on um and i think it applies by the way to both introverts and i will speak for the introverts i think it applies to both introverts and extroverts you know just be to willing like, to try to just take the time I, will, I would also add like remember that everything is present like even if you are taking time to be anxious the only thing that is actually real is the present mm-hmm. even if you're thinking about what's happening tomorrow tomorrow doesn't actually exist it only exists in your head it's only the present that's real so like seize the moment and try to be in the, in the present at all times uh, which is which was the point of the power of now, but I didn't like that book. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't read that book <laughs> or read it. You know, come to your own conclusions. Sarah Birch, thank you for joining the Theory of Enchantment podcast. It was a dope conversation. Thank you, Chloe Valdry. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> The quote of the day comes from Epictetus in a book called Discourses. He says, ask yourself the following first thing in the morning. What am I lacking in attaining freedom from passion? What for tranquility? What am I? A mere body? A state holder? A reputation? None of these things. What then? A rational being. What then is demanded of me? Meditate on your actions. How did I steer away from serenity? What did I do that was unfriendly, unsocial, or uncaring? What did I fail to do in all of these things? As always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the Theory of Enchantment podcast, and I hope you have an incredible week.